0: Welcome to the Kavod Family Podcast. Kavod Family exists for the restoration of families and the transformation of communities. Good morning, this is Travis with a special edition to the Kavod Family Podcast. Who else we got on here today?
1: We also have Mr. Danny, Danny Antoine from the Karate (laughs) Academy saying hi to
2: all my karate babies. And this is Casey Wilson. Uh, You might have met me out at the Christian Training Center. I was out there for 10 years causing chaos and taking uh, students on some incredible trips. And now I'm working full-time with Kavod family, and we are planning some incredible things in the future.
0: That is so true, I'm so excited to get into them. There's never a dull moment with you guys. There really isn't. Whether (laughs) it's productive or just chaos, it's... What's your word at the karate school? Is it pandemonium?
1: Pandemonium, (laughs) a.k.a. Controlled chaos
0: very true. So Casey, what, what are we doing today? What are we talking about?
1: So if
2: you're turning in, uh, this is a special edition because we are speaking straight to young adults, to teenagers, but also to parents and family. Uh, but listen in, if you're, if you're a teenager, this is directed at you. Um, if you just graduated high school or if you're still in high school, we've got a message for you that we would love for you to hear. So stick with us through this Uh, Grab a cup of coffee or a soda, Monster, whatever it takes, sit down, get alone and listen, grab a pen, take some notes, because this is going to direct and change your life. You need to hear this. Three men pausing to pour out their heart and give you as much wisdom as they possibly can before you step into the future that's
1: ahead of you. So tune in. And please take a moment to hear it from a father's heart. For each one of you that are listening, tuning in right now, thank you guys, first of all, for being here. But please, please hear it from a father's heart to all of you.
0: And also know that we know that we did not do it all right. And that's <laughs> that. we're, we're going to have some good stories on how we messed it up. And hopefully to steer you guys out of doing a lot of the dumb stuff that we did. But maybe you'll get a good laugh out of it.
2: Man. So we don't have a, a strict agenda. We're just going to ping pong off of each other, take subject after subject, and just share our thoughts and pour out hopefully some truth and insight, some some wisdom that will help you plan for what's ahead of you. So um, let's just pick this up. For those, this is, this is directed uh, first at those that are in high school that are students that are young adults, uh, what do you have for them? I mean, they're in a place of education. They're in a place of busyness. They're in a place of learning how to be friends, how to be good friends, how not to be a weirdo at school, (laughs) like just (laughs) trying to figure out this world and your whole body is changing, right? Like new hormones, new desires, new passions, new thoughts, like everything around you is changing. And then like you said, uh, these phones that are strapped to our hands that, that stick us with information all day long. And yet, as you put it, we, we feel like the dumbest <laughs> people in, in, That's in society. The dumbest generation ever. <laughs> I mean, so, but, but we still have these big questions to answer, right? right? So big really, questions about it, life.
1: I guess it's really got to start with asking, why are you here? What is your purpose? You know, you can't live, you can't get up every day just to exist, y'all. all Okay, there is such a thing as really living. But for each one of you little ones out there, what why are you here? Have you ever asked yourself that? And if you have, and the answer is, "I don't know." Wouldn't you like to know, wouldn't you like to figure that out, to have just something way more solid than just merely existing every day that you get up?
0: Because that's literally what's going to govern your life.
1: Absolutely.
0: Whether you're chasing money, a job, Jesus, uh, a wife, a husband, whatever that is, whatever your your focal point is, if you don't define it, life will define it for you, for better or for worse.
1: And you do not want to leave it to everything and everyone else to define life for you. Yeah. You know, you have great purpose. Each one of you, let's start with that first and foremost. Every single one of you were put here with great purpose, great, great purpose for your lives, you know, all together. However, finding out what that is, is typically where we typically stumble. You know, I know coming out of high school, I had no idea which way was up, which way was down, where I was going, where I was heading, um... I just knew that I wanted to do well in my life, but there were no details of what that looked like for me. I had a couple of people I could look at every once in a while <laughs> and say, well, that part of their life looked pretty cool. However, the whole package wasn't there for me visually.
0: See, I was the opposite spectrum. My parents had talked to me about security, security, you know, military, engineer, architect, security. So at 17, I knew what I was doing. And that, that idea lasted for about a year or two. <laughs> Like, I literally was like, you're going to go into the Coast Guard. You're going to be a rescue swimmer. You're going to – I went in at 17. So I went into boot camp 17 was at my first unit 17. And I was like, 20 years, I'll be 37. I'm going to retire and then do whatever I want. And I got in for like a year, and I'm like, yeah, this is for the birds. I ain't doing this. <laughs> I got to go.
2: <laughs> See, I was in the place where when I was 17, junior to senior year, uh, everything in me just wanted to race dirt bikes professionally. That was everything. <laughs> I was yeah. going to do that, right? Like, sp- Cal- Cali Boy screams <laughs> that, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's what I was going to do. I was the son of a builder. We built homes and we raced dirt bikes. That's all we did. We drank motor oil and, and racing fuel <laughs> at night. That's, that's the way we live. Uh, reality hit, right? Uh, uh, terrible accident, broke my femur. Gr- you know, 18 turns. You go through your senior year. And then what started to haunt me, not haunt me, what chased me down was all these questions about life. Why was I made? Who am I? What was I made for? Who's the creator of this world? What's my purpose? I, you know, that wrestle that was going on because I was about to step into the real what, world. Yeah. The real world, right? Like you're not going to class from, from seven to three. And so you have this void and and you get to make the choice. Are you going to go to college? Are you going to get a job? What are you going to do? And deeper than that
1: was these questions of who am I? What's,
0: yeah, what what's am the point? I made for?
2: See, and why should I do all that?
1: Now on the other side of the spectrum, for me, growing up from 13 years alone, I did not get to live with my parents again. So I lived with my grandmother and my grandfather. Which my grandmother worked a second shift, so she worked from three to eleven in the afternoon. So yeah, I just imagine that, right? You know, we just moved back to the states. You got two teenage boys. You know, we lived on the outskirts of Orlando. No parental supervision. Where do you think that's going to go, right? So it was, for, for my brother and I, it was a lot of basically figure this thing out. And that's what we had to do. We had to figure it out as we went. So by the time we graduated high school, which we did, I think we did a pretty good job in graduating at that point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at, at the time, I graduated when I was 16. So now you got to think to yourself, now I'm 16 years old, right? And everybody asking me all these questions. What are you going to do? I don't know. You know, my, my thought process was I don't want to go to college right off the bat because I wasn't quite sure. At the time, I thought I wanted to go into computer programming, right? So that's what I decided. If I go back to school, that's what I'm gonna go for. However, at 16 years old, when you graduate, the pressure from your family is what? Oh my gosh, you know, you did so well. You're a smart kid. You can go go to school and go be a doctor. Well, I don't wanna be a doctor. Well, you can be a lawyer, I won't be a lawyer either, right? <sighs> What do you like? I mean, I like computers and I like fighting. I'm, I'm going to get into karate. <laughs> going right. to fight computers. But you guys think about this, right? They look <laughs> at me like, you know, first of all, you're not going to be making a living teaching karate, so stop it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's a dream crusher number
0: one.
1: I'm yep. like computer programming. But here's a problem that I have in computer programming, right? I hate math. <laughs> But at the time, I don't realize computer programming is all math. And you can't sit-, sit still, brother. There's no, no way you could have sat at a desk I'm and pounded on a keyboard in- your whole Dude, life. Dude, I'm <laughs> sitting in a class with computer pro- for computer programming a couple months in, and I'm like, what is this? I look at the professor, and I'm like, why is uh, the only thing we're talking about is math? He goes, well, Antoine, that's what computer programming <laughs> is. I said, well- that solidified my situation. So I'm just going to go ahead and go to the karate school and go hit people because I'm good at that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, and and, and that's the, the fun thing about this is if you're listen, listening to this, you're probably coming out of school. You're a young male. You're a young female. You're skilled in different ways. Everyone around you has different talents. And the opportunity in front of you is endless, right? These opportunities yes. to do something. And what, we, what we, we're here to say right now is – it, it it matters less what you're about to do and it matters a whole lot more why you you're, you're going to do it okay and so it matters a lot less which college you're going to go to which job you're going to take but more why you're going to take that job and what's the purpose behind it what's going on in your heart and that's what had to be man i started college i went for 2 years and I'm trying my best, and I'm I'm reading books and going through these things, and at that point, because God started to hunt me down when I was about 17, at that point, everything in me, I was sitting there literally reading you know, history or astronomy books or anything that they had in front of me, and I would just kind of throw them aside and grab my Bible and start reading because I was finding answers in the scriptures for who I was, especially those early chapters of Genesis, chapters one through 11, I read those over and over and over until my heart just cried out and believed God made me. And that's that, That's what started to give me, calm me down and give me a wow. sense of stability and a foundation to make all the other decisions in my life.
0: So what's really cool with this is, like like how you said, Dad, I, I'm on both sides of it now. Not long ago, I was the, the son trying to figure it out, the blind leading the blind. I went into the Coast Guard, didn't know what I wanted to do. But when I talk to Reed now, he's like, "Dad, I want to run the gym." I was like, "Cool, like we can do that. You want to go to college? You can do that. I don't care what you do, where you go. Just take Jesus with you. Jesus at the center. Jesus the priority. That that's what it's about, you know. And to be able to give him that is the foundation. Because to think like whether you guys have a father or not, or a good father who's involved, like the father wants you." To, to be taken care of, to be loved and appreciated, but like we know the ultimate prize is for you to behold Jesus, for, for that to be the focal point. So if that's your focal point, I don't care what you do with your life. If you want to go to Asia, Antarctica, you want to go do any job occup- occupation, go do that, but bring Jesus with it, because that's the base, that's the reason why we're here. But what's beautiful is, is as a father, because God is a father, he wants you to do something that you love. Right. He wants you to find something that you're passionate about, that you enjoy, and it's fun, because that's a gift from him. And when it's a gift from him, you get to do it with him, and you get to get paid for it. So, that's like, a, I went in, I went into the Coast Guard for 100% to retire in 20 years for a steady paycheck. <laughs> that was the aim, and that was the aim by my parents, which made sense. Like, that security. My, my son can, you know, have medical benefits and have a good job, take care of his family. Great. But in the process, I was miserable, And, like, I had some great moments in the Coast Guard, don't get me wrong, but God was grooming me for something else. But along the way, I started to understand who He was. And I remember praying, I'm like, God, like, I can do this. Part of it's fun, but like, I'm away from my family. Like, I want something else. And I remember talking to you, Dad, and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. And you're like, what could you do every day for the rest of your life? Well, I'm 17 at this time. What
2: passion do you have?
0: At 17. The only thing I've ever done consistently (laughs) at 17. Is work out. Right. Like in high school we worked out. So I was like, I want to run a gym. And you were like, well, let's do it. And I was like, Okay, done. Let's do it. But like what I what I figured out is like it doesn't matter what I choose. So, like you said, Casey, it matters less what you do, but why you do it. So once I once I grabbed a hold of wow, God, like you want my heart and you want me to tell others about you. And that is the focal point. That is the that is success in life right there. So if that is success, then what do I want to do that's fun? <laughs> and if if Matthew 5, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. If I seek you, you'll take care of me, and I get to, A, do what you've called me to do is be loved by you and love others. I get to have an occupation that I love to do, and you take care of all my needs. Like, duh. Right. Like, that's yeah. a no-brainer. So that's what I, I'm trying to teach in my son is, like, I don't... I don't care how much money you make. I don't care if you live in a box in the street. If you love Jesus and you're telling people about Jesus, bring it. Let's go. Right. You're, you're a success.
2: There's obviously some extreme sides to where it's like there's some career paths that are not <laughs> they're not good. And, sure. and, and they sure. will scream at you, not a good idea, right? <laughs> there, there's some terrible ideas out there. But there's so many good opportunities in front of you, so many worthy ventures that are in front of you, so many that where does your heart scream to? But then how do you handle that 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 opportunity in front of you, and what do you do with it, right? Why did you take it? You nope. you chose to build a business, but you chose to use that business in order to help people, to help them get whole physically, but also spiritually, draw them closer to Jesus
1: and reveal his, his family to others. You know, over the years, I've had an awesome opportunity to have some awesome conversations between parents and kids, especially when the parents are bringing the teenagers to me to say, you know, well, Danny, talk to them about, you know, what they can be doing after, you know, after school. My first question to everyone always was, well, what are you passionate about? Yeah. Right. Because you'll always find out if you ask the, if we ask you what you're passionate about versus if I just say, what do you want to do for a living? What do you want to do later on as you get older? Two completely different things because everyone is going to chase after the almighty dollar, the the security of 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 having a job that's going to be paying me for the rest of my life. Right. What if you truly just like my son just said, what if you got to spend the rest of your life doing only what you love doing, but get paid amazingly for it? That's a different kind of lifestyle. So my thing to everyone is this. What are you passionate about? What is it that you can see yourself just doing for fun that you love, right? Because here's my theory in that. Whatever that passion is, if you get good enough at it, you're willing to work that craft. You get good enough at it, trust me. Don't worry about the money. People will pay you any amount of money for
0: it. So I'm going to interrupt you right there. Proverbs 18, 16, and man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. Say that again. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great.
1: So man's got to understand what is your gift. Your gift is totally tied to your passion. If you don't fully grasp when we're saying what are you passionate about? Okay. What gets you excited to right. do right. every day? What I don't care if it's a sport, I don't care if it's a hobby. At least answer that question for yourself right now. What makes you what makes you feel alive that you do?
0: I'm going to I'm going to exercise a word of caution in this though. If you pursue everything you have without Jesus at the center, it's going to crumble around you. Oh, it's kind of <laughs> there's there's wildly successful people who are filthy rich and had everything that you could imagine would be successful and they commit suicide. Why? Because they don't have the most important thing in life. They don't have the heart, the love, the, the beat of Jesus in them. So, you pursue your passion and your gift and your career or a job that you find interesting. You do all that with the premise of Jesus being the center of your life. Like the beginning of Proverbs, what does it say? Get wisdom, get understanding. But what does it say that wisdom and understanding is? The fear of the Lord.
1: Fear of the Lord.
0: So whenever you grab a hold of, what does that mean? What does the fear of the Lord mean? How do I, what does it mean to walk with him? This why, that is your why. And your why will help dictate what you go into and pursue and what you don't. Yeah. That is your, your, your filter for life.
1: You know, God's such a good dad that he leads you even before you even know him. He leads you before you even realize anything about him. I got into karate while I was going to school for computer programming. When I was going to school for computer programming, I had no idea I even liked kids, right? So I ended up quitting school because I love being at the karate school so much. Now, you gotta imagine what that looked like to my family at the time. You quit in college to do what? Yeah, You're teaching karate for free and working a full-time job during the day. What, what are you trying to prove, right? But I just knew... If I can do this for the rest of my life, I knew then I would be a happy man. Unfortunately, though, at the time, karate was not commercial. So there was nothing in the natural to say, yeah, you're going to
0: have an amazing
1: time. You're going to make an amazing living teaching karate, right? But I didn't understand God's plan in that. But I did know there was a fire there. I chose to pursue the fire rather than security. I got to get you guys to understand that. Again, I chose to pursue the fire that I had in my heart rather than the security of just a secure job that I might end up later hating.
0: Why, because who's in the fire?
1: God is in the fire. (laughs) Jesus is in the fire, y'all. Like you have to understand the ultimate thing that God was leading me to was to him even though at the time I was not living my life for Christ, had no idea which way I was going, but I could good dad. He still grabbed the hold of his son and said, let's go. We're going this way.
0: And he, he'll present something out of nothing. So like I said, I was in the Coast Guard and I, I'd finally made up my mind. We had, a, we had no family where we were living and we had made friends and they, they watched their kids for us. And we went out to a sports bar and CrossFit was on TV. I didn't know what CrossFit was at that time. And I was texting dad back home and I was like, hey, like, I'm thinking about opening a gym, Da He's like, let's do it. And Lyd and I were like, done. And we look, and I, I I remember it. We were at a sports bar and CrossFit was playing. I was like, we're going to do that. Over the next 18 months, we were in a small, I'm talking like if you're local, Skeener, smaller than Skeener here in Franklin, small, smaller than Auto, small retirement fishing community. A CrossFit gym opened up a block away from the base that I was at. <sighs> And the guy came, he's like, hey, I want to teach you all the lessons. And we're like, done. And then I like got to help him coach, got to shadow him, got to learn, got to help kind of run it. And then it closed down. He did some stupid stuff. And then another one opened. We are living about an hour away. It would be almost like an Asheville for where we were. And another one opened and we ran into a guy in the YMCA. He was a uh, separated military guy. So we resonated on that same level there. And he's like, hey, you want to help me open? so i got to see what he bought, what he purchased, how to how to open, how to close, what he did wrong. And then all this was in 18 months. Once i made the decision to pursue God pursue and pursue that. the gym, my boss is like, "Hey, will you make a gym on base and lead us in CrossFit?" So i got to help run 3 gyms in 18 months before i got out. Like if you if you pursue God, like that's the prize. Like don't if you hear anything in this, God is the prize. Jesus is the end-all, be-all, the winning ace up your sleeve. It's the lottery. It's anything that you could deem successful in your life is a life with him. And from that comes everything else.
1: It sure does. And, you know, I did it, unfortunately, the wrong way in that I pursued this passion In some ways before pursuing God, but without realizing in doing that, I was actually starting to pursue him without actually knowing that. Mm -hmm. So I opened my first location in 2000, but it wasn't until 2007 that my life got radically changed with Jesus, which changed ultimately how I ran the karate school. So being in the martial arts for so long, now Jesus comes really, truly to fruition in my heart and in my whole life. Now I have to start from scratch again with an established martial arts studio that was running in one particular way. But I just realized at that moment, this is not what God gave this to me for. See, at the time I'm thinking, this just gave me the opportunity because I always tell people God used teaching kids and traveling around fighting at tournaments to save my life. So my whole life was based around those two things teaching, when I wasn't here teaching, I was traveling somewhere around the country, fighting, doing, you know, going to tournaments.
0: So you were into your business Very for years so. I was into and the... you realized I'm doing this wrong yes, and you pivoted.
1: Because there was a certain amount of emptiness that took place on the biggest world stage of my life at the time. I became a world champion in 2002. I still remember the night of getting my award. And I remember God specifically speaking to my heart and saying, you just spent 11 months chasing after this particular goal. You trained five days a week, 11 months, and this is what you got to. He said, imagine if you would have took a fraction of that time and spent it with me. I would have gave you all of this and then some. I thought, wow. And believe it or not, that was my primary reason why for so many years, I never told anybody I was a world champion. Because it, it affected me that much on the stage that night to hear God's voice say that to me. It was, it was a couple of years before I really started publicly telling people that I was a world champion.
0: So I, I want to read what, Casey, what you burn, literally burned into our table that we're on the podcast with. Mm. It says, rise and rise again until lambs become lions. So if you rise and there's a need to rise again, what does that mean?
2: Gosh, that you've fallen
0: that you've in, in some aspect failed. Now yeah, everyone hell, somehow. everyone has a different outlook of failure, but that's that's what I wanna to speak to you, young men, young women, high school, college, young adults, fail, fail often, but don't lose yourself in the failure. Your identity and your worth is not wrapped up in what you did or didn't do, say or didn't say. Your identity and your, and your worth is wrapped up in the person of Jesus, which then gives you the, the freedom to rise and rise again until lambs become lions. So your job early on is to go and fight, to grind, to to understand, to learn who Jesus is, learn this walk with Jesus in your life for yourself, and then how to, how to replicate that maybe in your work life, into your wife one day, into your kids one day, or your husband one day. That is your job, is to rise and rise again, to fail and to learn and to grow with him. Because failure, truly hear this, failure is perspective. Yeah. If you missed the mark, if you failed, you lost a a bid or an offer in your job, but you learned something, it's not a failure. But if you miss the mark and wallow in it and don't learn anything, then yeah, that is a failure.
1: Ultimately, you cannot afford to look at failure the 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 way the world around you looks at failure. Remember one thing, successful people fail their way to the top. I'll say that again. Successful people fail their way to the top. Successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Failure is a means for you to get better, not a means for you to just completely withdraw and go into panic mode because you messed up at something. You're going to make a mistake. What you have to do is just learn from that mistake. There's a joy that you can find in that knowing that Jesus is with you. And the fact of the matter is when you make a mistake, he's not looking at you the same way you're looking at yourself in that moment. He doesn't see the mistake the same way. He's still looking at his son. So he's still looking at his daughter. You got to realize failure is not a means. It's not a, it's not the end. It's only the beginning. It's a means for you to get better at something. If you shift your perspective and understand that, that'll change the way you're looking at everything that's happened, even thus far in your life. Think of how many times have you failed at something and it just ate your lunch for years to come. Yeah. There's a,
2: there's a, there's a, statement you know you ask a person is that child coachable is this person coachable i always say that my boy jameson he's really coachable because he is well what does that mean that means when he fails or when i see something that he'll come and learn and listen and then he goes and applies it and so that's what you're talking about is in life You stop looking at things in life like you get taught in grade school where it's this A through F score and you're just a failure and you're always going to be one because that's what you are.
0: I will take someone that gets an F every day but comes and asks me why over an A plus student any day. Right. And that person, guaranteed, if you're an
2: F student, guaranteed, if you're asking, hey, what's going on, (laughs) help me out here, you're going to work your way up. And so uh, let's put this in perspective. If you're listening to this and you're in high school or you just graduated, you're 15, 16, 17, maybe 18 years old, in and, and the big picture of life, you've still got your training wheels on. And that's not an insult. Like, please don't hear that as an insult. I'm just saying that there is so much life in front of you, unless something you know out of the ordinary happens. Most likely you may live another 50, 60, 70 years. You've got so much in front of you, so much. And if you learn now to start to learn from your mistakes and become coachable in life and draw near to the relationship that's in front of you, draw near to God rather than pull away from him, that's that's what's key to to success in your future. Um, let's do this. you guys banged hard on this thought of passion. And, and like your desire in order to make decisions, let's go to the next step. The next step is to look at the advice that's around you, okay? So think about parents and coaches and good influences and what should a young person do with those relationships
1: around them at this point in their life? So take a piece of uh, identity with you as you go into what Casey just stated, right? I want you to take this with you. You, each one of you listening right now, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Again, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. That means when God made you, he took his time because it says you are his workmanship. Do you know what that means? You're his workmanship. You're his masterpiece. With that understanding, every bit of advice that you get, take the advice with that understanding first of yourself. Okay. Be patient with it. Not all, obviously, not all advice is good advice, depending on who you're getting this from. So please learn to differentiate that. Know the difference between the people that are leading you into destruction versus the ones that are actually lifting you up. When you're listening to your parents, have a humble heart when you're listening. Meaning this, your generation has got to come to realization, and you can't lose sight of this. The ones who came before you have valuable insight. Please always remember that the ones who came before you have valuable, valuable insight. There was a time where it was an honor to sit at the feet at the ones who came before you. But right now you guys live in a world, in a culture that just praises self above everything else that removes the ability for you to have the fun and the joy of being able to sit at the feet of the ones that came before you. So please don't overlook that. Yeah. L- let me, let me tap on that.
2: Uh, if you went through the normal public education system, you were always a part of your own age bracket. You were always segregated to your own little group, peer group. And so for the last 12, 13, 14 years, you've been trained and ingrained in you just to hang out with your own peer group. And when you get out of high school, the beautiful thing that happens is that all goes away. That whole structure goes away. That changes. And you start to realize, wait a minute, I start to make friends with people because we're like-minded and we share passions and because they're beneficial to my life. And together we enjoy each other and have fun. I mean, my, my peer group blew up after high school. I started hanging out with older people, younger people, like like all of it opened up for me. Wide spectrum, yeah. And so that's about to happen. So so when he says you know we're selfish, I'll add to that. Not just that we're selfish like in a loner like a lone way. We just look inward. We're selfish in the sense that we just look to those that we like, those ones right around you. And and life is about starting to look to those that are doing well, that are succeeding. They have wisdom that you need, they have direction for you, right? that are a benefit to your life, a good coach, a good mentor. And so uh, let's, let's talk on that because I grew up. Um, if you come, come from a home where you had let, let's say you had great parents and you're about to step out of college, the key or step out of high school, the key is to hold on to those relationships and maintain them in a mature adult way and, and take time to grow into that place of adulthood as you're, a, as you're still a child. yeah when not you say you have a lot of older children, Danny, not, not, you know, not right. 30s, but they have gone through that 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year range. And it's so crucial that they not just run off leading with their youth, but still maintain a relationship with a good fatherly motherly presence in their life.
1: You know, if you don't maintain that, you're missing out on such a huge part of life, y'all. Yeah. You know, to have great fathers and great mothers in your lives that are willing, that love you, that want to pour into you. You have to understand how priceless that is because there are too many out there who don't have it. Yeah. They don't have it and they're missing out, unfortunately, because of that. You know, my heart got bent towards children in that particular area because of realizing how missing, first of all, I was missing to such a degree in my life for such a long period of time that when the opportunity was there for me to share that with somebody else, I came to realize, well, I'm actually just sharing God's heart for me and for everyone else as well. There's a wealth in that. So when you have the ones who are there willing to pour into you that way, just soak it in. You got to understand something. It's so easy to do. It costs you nothing.
0: In in Proverbs, it talks about, I don't know exactly where it is, I'm trying to scan through, but it says, the wise listen and increase in knowledge. And if you guys have an awesome father role, parental role, spiritual father, just someone that's super wise and trust in God, (laughs) run to that. Absolutely run to that. But if you don't, in Proverbs, all throughout it, it, I mean, just the title of each proverb, a father's wise instruction, don't, you know, don't not listen, don't separate, there's the word I'm looking for, from your father and your mother's instruction. It it heeds warning through these, what, 31 proverbs on real life, tangible things, what to do, what not to do. And if you do have wisdom and instruction, gain knowledge, and it's, it's more valuable than gold and silver, the proverbs are chock full of practical ways for you guys to take where you are in your life, and it's, it's a great filter for you to know who to listen to along the way as well. Yeah. But if you don't have that role model, you've got the Father, and he speaks to us through this Bible, and especially in the Proverbs, tangible ways that you can run right where you are right now.
2: Yeah, because uh, the career you're about to chase, the degree that you're about to chase, that's not the end game. Okay, the career that you're about to chase, the, the opportunity that's in front of you, it's only going to hopefully serve the family that you will build at one point in your life. So holding on to your family, holding on to your parents and maintaining those relationships, it will become the most valuable earthly possession that you have in this life, those kind of relationships. One day you're going to become a mom or a dad and, and then you're going to have your own children and you're going to build a family and you're going to realize for the last... Fifty years of your life that this is what it's all
1: about yeah. relationships is what it's all about yeah please don't lose out on relationship too, too often we get so caught up in life and careers and all this stuff we forget the most important thing. vanity <laughs> exactly do not give up when it comes to relationship and listen At your age, you have your whole life ahead of you. There's so many relationships. Opportunities for relationships are going to come your way. Don't neglect those. There's a wealth in that that you just cannot replace. There's no amount of money in the world that can replace any of that. So I agree with Casey in the respect of don't think that your career is the end goal there. There's so much more than just you having a career. If you have a career and you're miserable, exactly what kind of lifestyle is that going to be for you? If you're making a ton of money and you hate your life, exactly what kind of existence is that for anybody? Yeah.
2: The truth is your career, when God gets a hold of you, your career is just the platform that he's going to use to love on hundreds and thousands of people that are in front of you. You thought this was about karate. You thought this was about a CrossFit gym. Those are just fronts to all the people that walk through that door. And so if, if let, let's hit this from another angle, if you didn't come up with great parents, you know, and let's say the whole other extreme, maybe you grew up in a broken home or your dad or your mom bailed on you earlier on, or they died, unfortunately, in an accident or they've been absent and you've grown up with a, a really rough childhood. What now to that, to that hurting teenager, that hurting person that's struggling that's that's kind of a, a ship without a sail.
0: Lose yourself in God, okay? Call us. we'll We'll pray for you. we'll We'll send you into the Word, but like well no matter if you have a leader, a role model or anything, like you're not separated from the Father who made all other fathers. You're not separated from the one who created the foundations of the earth, who put everything into place, who knows your heart and who is with you every second of whatever happened to you. Right? And He's I like to, there.
1: I'd like to echo what my son just said. Guys, don't be afraid to contact us. You know, don't be afraid to, you know, stop by the karate school, come by the gym, just come and see us and come and talk sometimes. You know, you got to realize that we're here for a whole lot more than just teaching karate or you know, doing a you know, doing a weight you know class or what you know, what have you. We're actually here. You know, my karate babies, especially my former ones. Guys, if you're out there, you know the deal. You need anything, come and see us. <sighs>
2: Denny Antoine, Martial Arts Academy.
1: Commode <laughs> Fitness
2: says, come get lunch on us. Come on. <laughs> so look to, uh, and, and, and let's echo that, um, look to the healthy relationships that are around you. Solid coaches, solid mentors, good families. Look for older figures that are stable, that are healthy, that are happy, that are filled with joy, that just have a rhythm of, of joy about them and make friends with them and ask them, would you take me to dinner? Would you, would you take me to dinner and talk so to me? Can good. I pour out my life with you? Can I just talk to you? Can, can, and, and over time, I'm telling you, it's in the nature of God. That's the beautiful thing. He makes spiritual children. Some of the most important uh, mother and fatherly figures in my life became spiritual parents. They, they stepped in in that role and helped me understand God in, in that, that older, mentor, fatherly, motherly way. They poured into me as a young man because I didn't I didn't get that spiritual element in my home growing up. It took others stepping in and giving it to me.
0: That was good. That was fun. <laughs> Great job. Thanks for tuning in.
2: Thank you for listening to the Kvode Family Podcast. Please like, share, and leave us a review. If you've enjoyed this content, or if you're familiar with some of our programs and partners in the Kavod Family Network, please consider becoming a donor at KavodFamily/donation. God is in the process of restoring all things to himself. That begins with a person. That person is part of a family, and that family belongs to a community. Vote Family is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry.